0: So uh, welcome to the folks who are at Big Kick. Uh, it was really an amazing uh, week, and we are so glad uh, that you've come here to join us this morning uh, and brought your family uh, back up to River Ridge. So, you know, we're continuing our Wiser series, and I volunteer at places, and sometimes Matt asks me to stand up here and talk. That does not seem to be very wise at all of him. Uh, You know, I don't particularly have a lot of wisdom. You know, after all, I am a drummer. Uh, I try the best I can. Uh, And I sat down and I said, okay, I am going to write all the wisdom down uh, that I can. We're going to talk about families today. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to write down wisdom for families. And this is what I came up with. Do not let your kid tattoo on their upper thigh... A 4 by 4 Wendy's Combo Meal <laughs> Prison Tattoo, all right? Now, that, that is my wisdom. Now, some of you may be saying, that is oddly specific, right? You may want to watch last week's uh, thing. But so after I figured out, yeah, don't let your kid give your, himself prison tattoos uh, of uh, fast food logos, that's, where, that's kind of where I stopped. But thank goodness, I have a lot of folks, uh, there's a lot of resources, thank God That God is good, right? So uh, I collected a bunch of stuff. And so hopefully we're going to talk today about four traits of awesome families. Four traits of awesome families. Families come in all shapes and sizes. And so I think that most of these four traits can apply across the board about where any ever anybody is in their particular family uh, unit. Uh, I will say, though, that, you know, we talk about kids a lot, and there's a lot of uh, hopefully good wisdom in there about kids. If you don't have kids or your kids are already gone, or if you're sitting there saying, you know what, I don't have a family and I don't want a family. Well, you know, I encourage you to get a family, not necessarily uh, a family family, but to get a church family, Uh, you know, join a a ridge group. Uh, and get connected there. And then maybe you can use some of the nuggets that you'll hear today, and you can tell uh, the people in your Ridge group uh, how their kids can uh, be helped. (laughs) All right. Uh, Hey, so, yeah, some of you all may be saying, golly, but my family is so dysfunctional. I don't know if any of this advice will help, right? So I love this uh, quote. Uh, Mary Carr, she wrote, a dysfunctional family is any family with more than one person in it, right? And that's the way it feels sometimes. Uh, I don't think that's exactly true. So uh, let me show you a picture of my family so you kind of get where I'm coming from. We have the nuclear kind of family, right? There's four of us. I have uh, an older daughter named Maisie. She's 14 now. Uh, Duncan is 11. So that's a picture uh, when the kids were a little younger. I think we've got a picture... Now, from last week, as a matter of fact, that's at Wild Ridge uh, Young Life Camp in Nicholas County. Man, it is tremendous. So we were able to go up there. So that's the kids uh, as they look um, currently. So let's pray and let's jump into four traits of awesome families. Uh, dear Lord, thank you uh, that you have wisdom and that uh, you kind of let us in on some of that sometimes. Thank you for uh, the River Ridge family uh, and all the... Uh, Folks that have gone before and have come uh, up with some great uh, nuggets, and we pray that we can learn a little something here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, the first trait of awesome families is great. Probably my favorite, right? Awesome families enjoy life together. Awesome families have fun together. So, what's our jump off verse? Ecclesiastes 8.15 so I recommend, uh, the author of Ecclesiastes, having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work gives them under the sun. God gives us hard work under the sun, we're with our family, but eat, drink, be merry, have fun, it bonds your family together, right? Creates shared experiences, and a common theme that we're going to talk about throughout the day is you want to have a voice with your family. You want, to, you, know, you want your family to listen to the things that you have to say. And to do that, you can't just always be business. You can't always be on task. You have to have fun with your family, right, to be able to continue to have a voice. Um, so, and let me, let me uh, throw this out there, too. In your particular family, what is your overall goal? You know, have you ever thought about the goal for your family? Where are you trying to go? What are you trying to do? Back 2012, Duncan had just been born. I remember listening to a family series by Andy Stanley at North Point Church uh, down in Atlanta, right? And it is a great series. So if you're looking for a little more than what we're doing here, I would highly recommend Uh, to go to that but he talked about the goals for his family and i adopted his goal for his family for my family which is just uh tremendous it's that he wants to make sure that as his kids when they become adults that they enjoy family together when the children grow up so i kind of adopted that and it really does change some of the ways that you address your children especially in their teenage years and in their real maturation years, right? So if your goal is to say, hey, we are going to be a family that hangs out and has fun throughout our whole existence, and not just I'm going to kick you out the door when you turn 18, it really does make a difference in the way that you deal uh, with your children as they're growing up. So it's kind of funny. My big takeaway is I'm, I'm I'm writing these things, I'm talking to people, and I say, oh, I know what my big, great takeaway, practical takeaway is going to be from have fun with your family. I was, so every once in a while, you got to uh, step away from your regular routine. you got to get everybody in the car. you got to go somewhere and have fun, you know, uh, so that everybody can kind of just be together and talk to one another, and you can grow and have Shared experiences. So that was going to be my big takeaway. And, man, if you don't have money, you know, go to a state park or just take a day trip. But get away from your regular routine. So that was my big... Said, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, for, for all the old dudes, right? We're like, yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> get away from the regular routine. So then I asked my kids. I said, hey, so I want to, I want to get uh, some information from you all. Uh, on a scale of one to five, how fun do you think our family is? And I got to... They they both said, we think our our family is a four, and that's great, right? That's great, because you don't want it to be a five, because that means we're putting cotton candy on pancakes for dinner, right? (laughs) That is no good. So you don't don't want it, or clowns in the, the driveway, stuff like that. That's bad, right? So a four is perfect. But then I asked, okay, so what do we do that you guys really enjoy, and that we really have fun together as a family? And of course, I got knocked out on this one. Uh, the answers were, we like to play games together. We like to we like when we cook together, and then Duncan, Duncan, he's he's a wild <laughs> kid, man. He, he his answer was, uh, I like that we have our own language sometimes, that we create our own words, right? <laughs> you know, we do, every once in a while we do, and I just thought, well, that's kind of strange, man. But that's what he. So I, I step back, and I, my big takeaway, right, I threw it out the window. And I think the takeaway is, right, you've got to look for those moments to have fun all the time, stuff that you can do routinely and regularly, like play games, right, like cook together, spend time together. All right. Uh, oh, and by the way, summer life, you know, uh, summer life starting, what a great opportunity to take your family, whether or not you have kids or not, there's all kinds of activities going to go on. Uh, with the church, so I would encourage you all to do that. All right, the second trait of awesome families is to encourage growth, encourage growth. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6, uh, and this is the verse, any time we talk about parenting almost, it seems like this proverb uh, comes up. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. That's, that is good, sage Uh, advice, right? Get your children uh, growing and moving in the right direction, and then when you're not there or they go off to college, hopefully they continue to make good decisions and they don't get tattoos, prison tattoos, on the top of their thighs. That's not important now. All right, so and as Jesus followers, what are we trying to do, right? We're trying to be effective and productive for God, have knowledge of God, be with God, connect with God, Right, so 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8. This is kind of long. So in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. And the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that was a lot of supplements. I don't know about you. I read that list and it is overwhelming. Right, I'm like, oh my goodness! I just feel good that my kids, you know, have clothes on and they're going to the right place, or my family can actually do something together. But you know, it's with God. and This is what God wants, and this is kind of, you know, uh, th- where we're aiming, where we're trying to get. We want to kind of do all these things, so that's why we're focused on growth. That's why awesome families are focused on moving forward. And, of course, it's a core value of River Ridge, right, that we're always trying to take our next steps with God, no matter where we are or where our family is. And that that goes for individuals, that goes for us as a church, and that goes for our family units. We're trying to figure out how to grow and take our next steps with God. So don't be overwhelmed. Nobody's going to get to the end of that list, right? Not without God, you know, uh, divine intervention, I think. I mean, but that's where you're trying to get right uh so how do we foster growth within our families uh in practical ways uh here's the george burns quote i love this happiness happiness is having a large loving caring close-knit family in another city <laughs> <laughs> right so i mean it's funny it's funny because you know you know you can't have the loving caring close-knit family i mean there, there are exceptions right but in general, if you want to have a loving, caring, close-knit family, you're going to have to be together. You're going to have to spend time together, right? You're not going to be able to check out on your family. You've got to do things like have dinner together. And you all have probably heard this more than a few times. At least I've, it's run across my uh, information stuff on families Uh, before having dinner is a really big deal there are um, things that show that teenagers who eat dinner with their parents regularly have better mental health and are better uh, adjusted socially and there's also a study that shows that mothers who eat with their families are found to be happier and less stressed so one great way to spend time together with your family and you know shown to do great things in terms of growth is to have dinner together. I would encourage you to, there are going to be choices that you have as you go through life. If you're given a choice where you can put it on the balance scale, for example, um, a job, you get a job uh, offer that's going to pay more money, but it's a little further away. Uh, You're not going to be around as much, you know, or you get a job that's closer, you're going to be able to spend more time with your family. Weigh that out. And of course, I'm standing up here giving a uh, talk about family, so I'm going to tell you that the right decision is to pick the one that you're going to spend uh, more time with your family. That might not be the right decision every time, but I will say when you're weighing that out, if you want to have an awesome family, if you want to have that, right, you really need to be making the decisions based on your family. And, and I think you, hopefully you all know this, um, you know, so many people when they're on their deathbed and that kind of thing, the things that they say, they say they wish they wouldn't have worked as much, they wish they would have spent time with their family more often, they wish they wouldn't have chased money as much as they did, right? So when you're faced with these choices in life about what am I going to do, I would highly encourage you to pick the choice where you spend more time with your family. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about marriage. Okay, so I just said, you need to spend time with your family, right? Well, there are times where you've got to send the kids packing and not spend time with them, right? If you're married and you have kids, and you need to make sure that you're focusing on your marriage and you're doing the things that it takes. Because if you don't have a healthy marriage, it certainly is going to be hard, if not almost impossible, to have a healthy, uh, you know, awesome family or you know I mean you can do it but boy go the easy route go the easy route work on your your marriage uh, and do that so here are some practical ways to promote growth in your kids this is a piece of advice that I got from Greg Isaacs he took big kick pictures he parks cars he's a great great fellow right and uh, he was in my wedding he was my wildlife leader when I was in seventh grade so it's great. I go to him, get advice. He's got great kids. So one of the things he told me when my kids were small is he said, drive your kids to school. Drive your kids to school. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a special type of torture, right? I'm stuck with my kids. And then I got to be in all those lines and it takes forever. But let me tell you, it really is a great time to be able to talk to your kids and develop those relationships. Every day, Every day, I'm able to ask them, hey, what are you looking forward to today? What are you expecting to happen today? What are you excited about today? What are you not excited about today? We have great conversations, and uh, we do new music. We try to I try to expose them to all different kinds of things, and this is, this is kind of funny. So, I mean, we've done it all. Uh, bluegrass, hip-hop, uh, you know, all the different genres you can think of. Maisie. Is a huge Queen fan now, and Duncan likes Green Day. <laughs> Man. Uh, all right, that's a parenting win right there. If you ask me, right? So, uh, so make sure you you know that is a great way uh, to do that is to drive your kids to school. Uh, here's a big deal: let your kids fail while they can fail. Let them fail when the consequences aren't very big do not swoop in and save them let them learn how to deal with disappointment and pain on a small scale so they have the emotional capability to do it when it gets bigger Woo, there are a lot of folks swooping in and man i'm just and sporting events we're not going to go there but there that because that's a whole sermon in and of itself right? Just make sure you're, if you're a Jesus follower, make sure that people can tell you're a Jesus follower if you're watching kids sports, right? All right, Uh, here's a big one too. Teenage daughters. I have, I had heard repeatedly as my daughter was young and coming up, there were these guys who were trying to influence large groups of people and they kept saying the same thing of uh, teenage daughters, just check out. When they turn 13, just uh, you know, just walk away and they'll come back in their early 20s and then you can have a relationship with them again. I mean, that may be a little extreme, but it was really just kind of like, hey man, there's nothing you can do. You're going to have to leave that to somebody else. Good luck, pal. The teenage years for your daughter is just going to be out of control. Gosh, that is the worst advice. You've got to lean in. You've got to be a huge part of your teenage daughter's life. So if somebody's saying that to you and you are going to have or have a teenage daughter do not listen to it lean in because i had heard that early before Maisie was a teenager i started when she was six or seven i'd go in every night we'd pray and stuff and i made her pinky promise me i told her someday you will be a teenager and believe it or not someday you will not like me okay and someday you will just want to urge ah." so i said okay give me a pinky promise and the pinky promise that i started was Say to me, I pinky promise you, I will talk to you no matter what. Hey, that's pretty good. Nice to Here is where it is now. And I had to write it down. I pinky promise you that I will talk to you no matter what. Even if I think you're strange, stupid, weird. I hate you for some reason at that moment. I have attitude. You have attitude. It's embarrassing or it's complex. <laughs> and I didn't add those things. Those were her, right? She's adding those things. Oh my gosh but here's the thing it works it has worked there have been times where it has been explosive right and we are having teenage moments I have been able to say hey I know you're upset let's take a breath but pinky promise remember you're gonna talk to me and then we get back together and we talked and it has it's worked so don't check out on your teenage daughter double down and if you've got time lay the groundwork now so it won't be as difficult later. And look for teaching moments uh, with your kids. They come up all the time. And you can choose to just deal with it yourself and kind of cordon your kids off from it, or you can include them in the process. I'll give you an example. Uh, We were at school for some function. Cars everywhere, you know. You've been to school functions sometimes, and just parking lots all packed and everything. And so we had come out, got, got in the minivan, yeah, man. All right. Man, minivans are great, but that's not important now. Matt, Matt's got a hang up on minivans. All right, so we're in the minivan. And so, in our minivan, to open the back doors, there's buttons everywhere, right? I got a couple buttons up here. The kids got buttons back there. You can pull the handles, whatever. So, we're in the van, and I look over, and I see this horde of people coming out. You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, if we don't go now, we're never going to get out of here. Well, it just happened to be, though, I thought that Duncan had closed the door. He didn't. I didn't close the door. So I put in drive, and we go, and I kind of scraped the car next to me on the bumper. Oh, so there I am, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this really stinks. You know, and, of course, those terrible thoughts come, oh, it's not that bad, is it? <laughs> you know, of course, I said, this is a great teaching moment. So I backed it up. I told him, hey, look, I was in too much of a hurry, and something bad happened, and we need to deal with this, and I'll show you. So we wrote the, I wrote the guy note, didn't know whose car it was, wrote the guy note, said, hey, give me a call, we're going to take care of this for you, uh, thanks. You know, showed all the kids that part. Just a little while later, the guy calls, I got the kids together, they heard the conversation where we talked through, and, and you know, I just said, hey, look, we'll take care of it. Get, go get an estimate, or I'll take it and get an estimate, whatever you need to do, and then we'll take care of it. So he did. Then he sent it back to me. <laughs> and I choked on it. Uh, how much it was. <laughs> hey, man, sometimes sometimes bumper scratches can be expensive, I guess. but you know, I'm like I'm teaching the kids this is not the, the barter and cajole uh, lesson. This is the doing the right thing when you've made a mistake lesson. So I got out the checkbook, I wrote a check, and sent it to the guy, right? I'm like, oh, did that hurt? Oh, man, good grief. Uh, no vacations for us this year, kids? Right. Here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but you know what? It's got a great, and so it was great. So they got to see, hey, this is what you do when it's your thing. But it does have a great ending. The guy that, that happened, he's super duper, man. He just sent me my check back. Wow. Yeah, man, hey, how's that? So we got to go on vacation. Camden Park. It was great, baby. <laughs> All right. So look for, look for teaching moments. All right. Number three, traits of awesome families. Awesome families support each other. Proverbs seventeen seventeen, A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. And then we're going to look at Galatians 6, 2. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. You know, our families love each other by sharing their burdens and supporting each other, helping each other in good times and in bad times. And this quote from Marjorie Taylor, or Marjorie Hinckley, excuse me, was uh, this really hit home. Home is where you are loved the most and act the worst. I don't know if that's true for you all. I think it's certainly true of the bishop household. We are sweet as pie to other folks and to, you know, out in the outer world. Oh, good grief. Sometimes when we get together, it's like, oh my gosh, that is not uh, kind and loving. Yeah, you know, sometimes. Uh, so, you know, we need to focus on the support. And a big part of this, I believe, or and folks that I, I've talked to believe is you know how are we viewing the folks in our family you know are they adversarial are they your adversaries right are, or are you a team and I mean I think we're all gonna say we're a team but what happens when it gets down and dirty right are you trying to win an argument is that what it is? Is it the pride thing where you have to win? Or you have to be right? You know, uh, let me ask, when you win an argument, do you really win an argument? I mean, Especially not with a family. I think the answer there is probably, if, if people's feelings are hurt, or you put a wedge between your relationship, yeah, you know what? You probably haven't won anything. You haven't you don't want to think. So uh, use words of affirmation, words of encouragement, saying you're sorry, that's huge, right? I mean, really, I've seen I can see my kids deflate sometimes when I look at them and I say, I'm sorry, I can see Michelle deflate in I mean in a good way, you know. Oh, oh. You know, when I say, I'm sorry, I did that. I'm sorry. That's a huge uh, tool to put in your toolkit uh, is to say you're sorry and salve the wounds that we may have inflicted. So Jesus is on our team, right? He is for you no matter what. His grace covers you all the time, no matter what. No matter what you say, no matter what you do. He's on your team, right? Use that example in your family. Be on your family's team every time in those types of situations, right? In the argument type situations. Don't be adversarial. Be on their team. Here is a great thing when it starts to boil up. A great thing to say if you want to show that you're on the same team, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? So when it starts getting frictiony, when there starts to be an argument, say, what can I do to help? What can we do to make this better, right? It changes the whole thing. It puts you all on the same team, uh, and you're focused on a common goal. And another one with kids in the same vein is, Doing oh-no discipline, oh-no discipline. It, uh, it's something that works with, at least worked with my kids when they were younger, but it doesn't work quite as much as well. But when they do something wrong and they know it's wrong or whatever, instead of, why did you do that? You're in timeout. I mean, you can still put them in timeout and all that stuff. But instead of, hur, 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 say, Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. You know, and you say, hey, I'm on your team. Oh, no, this is bad. You know, what are we going to do about this? Let's talk about this, right? And then you work through it with them, right? But it's, oh, no, we're on the same team. I love you no matter what, even if you did this uh, thing, right? Okay, so this is the big takeaway for this one, though. The most practical way to support the folks in your family is to share the interests that you are not interested in. I don't know about you all, but man, when my kids start talking about stuff that I don't care about, whoa, my eyes go in the back of my head, and I just start thinking about everything else under the sun, right? Uh, not as much Michelle, because we share a little more common interests, but oh, Duncan loves watching these people on YouTube, you know, they tell you all about uh, Legos and all that stuff. I think, man, what a waste of time. Or watching other people play video games. That's just, to me, that's just not smart, not wise, right? However, it really fires him up, right? So because of that, because he's interested in it, I try really hard to talk to him about it and not check out because I want us to connect so that I can have a voice with him. If we are together and I show interest, even in things that I'm not interested in, he knows he can come and we can talk about, uh, you know, whatever it is uh, we want to talk about. So, and, and sometimes it pays off. Uh, the Marvel Universe, Marvel movies and stuff like that, right? I, didn't, wasn't a, I wasn't a big fan of all the Marvel movies and all that kind of stuff. Well, the, uh, the, the kids were in on it, and Michelle was like, hey, we should try this. And we did. And I tell you, now we're, we're having fun every time a Marvel thing comes out. You know, it's something that we can do together as a family. So it's great. So uh, make sure that you are, uh, and even with your spouse, right, you're sharing interests that you're not interested in. All right. And our fourth and final trait of awesome families is awesome families serve God and serve others. So what is the greatest commandment? You know, if you've been around, you've been around church. If uh, you grew up in church, you probably know what the greatest commandment is. Well, the greatest commandment can be found in Mark chapter 12, uh, 28 through 30. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. Jesus was there uh, having a debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And you all probably know the second greatest commandment, which is love your neighbor as yourself. the most important thing about your existence as an individual, right? And as the existence of your family, whatever your family looks like, is putting God in the middle. We can put anything in the center of our existence, right? In the middle of what do we care the most about? What do we chase? What do we want? And, you know, we put all kinds, the people put all kinds of stuff there. You all know this, right? Money, uh, relationships, um, fame, fortune, um, drumming, you know, you can put all kinds of stuff in the middle of this deal, but, you know, there's only one thing that really works, and that's God being in the center of this thing. And, and you know, I think for me, And I think for a lot of folks, actually, (coughs) I want to put me in the center all the time. What do I want? What do I want? Where do I want to go? Me, 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 right? So that's that's kind of where I'm at, but it doesn't work. And you've seen it when people put their kids in the middle of their lives, kind, their household kind of gets turned upside down. When one spouse is the center of a household, kind of turns the whole thing upside down, right? When people put money and make that their idol kind of turns the whole thing upside down that's because god has to be in the middle so to have an awesome family i think it's a requirement that you make sure that god is the focus of your family so uh, how do you get god in the middle of your family right obviously you have to have uh, a relationship with god Uh, you have to work with your kids on that, you have to grow them, you know, a great place to start is coming to church, but I don't think, you know, an hour on Sunday is not going to do the trick, it's not going to get you where you need to be at all, right, you really have to create this thing in your home that puts God in the middle of what you're doing, you know, for us, We do all kinds of stuff, you know. Uh, We pray together. We do uh, Bible studies together. Uh, We use dinner time a lot of times, too, to talk about God and one of the things we're we're doing. We had a really good time during um, COVID. You know, when we're here live at church, the kids are back there. Now Maisie's in here. But during COVID, we could watch. We watched the big service together, and then we'd have a conversation right after that about what we just learned. And that was a tremendous way for us to grow uh, as a family. So, uh, doing those things and purposefully putting in things in your family that uh, are getting you all talking about God together uh, is where you want to be. And serving together is a great way to do it. Here's a picture of. Well, you got have that picture. All right. So I guess I'm going to have to come clean at this point. I am super dad bod man. Yeah, I know, I know. I heard gasps, Yeah, How did I get this super dad bod? Easy. I have kids. (laughs) So look, we got to hang out together, right? Uh, So that was a really special moment for me to be able to do that. And Duncan was on a team, and Michelle was up here uh, as well. Uh, A huge part, and we've kind of just briefly uh, bumped across it. We're going to address it. Just real quick now, servant leadership. Servant leadership is important across all areas of your life, but especially with your family. You know, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. As Jesus followers, we're trying to be more like Jesus, right? Jesus put other people in front of him. We need to be doing that in our family, right? That you need to be putting the folks in your family, above your own needs. Now, you got to, there are things where you're putting the whole needs of the family and then you have to weigh your, your thing, but you're still putting their needs first. And you, you know, to be first, you have to be last. Some of the greatest people that I look at and emulate as far as being a good father or trying to be a good father, right, I'm, I'm not there, every one of them do this and it's a huge hallmark uh, across their family is they put themselves behind their kids and their, their spouses, right? And they put their family in the forefront, and they kind of disappear. I mean, I didn't, know some, I didn't know my dad played the saxophone until I was like 40 years old. <laughs> I'm like, you, you play the saxophone. He brought it out. Now he's up at Edgewood Summit. And he plays the saxophone. I'm like, what in the world? How did I not know you played saxophone? Well, that's because he just put it away. That's because he put it away. He had kids. You know, he kind of put his family in the forefront. And he does all kinds of stuff. It's crazy. So in a River Ridge core values, you can't do uh, life alone. And that's the truth. You can't. So you've got to get your family involved in a group, or if not your whole family involved in a group, you need to be in maybe a men's group or a women's group or some kind of group where you're getting uh, some interaction about, hey, my family, how can I apply this to my family? How can my family grow in Christ? So you really can't, you can't do it on an island, uh, especially getting your, your um, family God-focused. So talk to folks that have already been in the life position that you're in. All right. So let's recap the four traits of awesome families. Awesome families enjoy life together. They encourage growth, support each other, and serve God and others. And I'm gonna we're gonna close it up on um, three things that River Ridge staff they they had a lot of input on the things that I was saying today. But there were three things that we didn't that I didn't get in there, that I kind of want to leave out, that they believe are important, and I believe are important too, but we just didn't talk about them. Uh, So make sure that you're having honest communication with your family members. Make sure that you're coming to uh, your family uh, with humility. And make sure you're saying that that I love you every day.